Hello and welcome to season six of Captain's Corner. We'd like to take a moment to let you know how grateful we are to you, our listeners, for making this podcast such a success. We have a great lineup of guests for you to enjoy during season six. So we ask you to share this podcast on your social media with your friends and family. And of course, give us a like and leave a review. We hope you guys enjoy the season. Today on the podcast, we have John Lee from the Richards Group. Well, welcome to Captain's Corner. Captain Andy Miller coming to you from Tampa, Florida. And I am excited today that we have a guest who leads the Salvation Army's brand management with the Richards Group. He is the brand management principal for the Richards Group. John, and this is, I didn't even say his name. His name is John Lee. John, welcome to Captain's Corner. Good to be here, Captain. So some of you probably, some of you are familiar with John uh, because you're involved with the Salvation Army, but there's a lot of work that happens with the Salvation Army's brand. And that's not necessarily something that the Salvation Army has thought of for our history. We generally don't like even like to think about ourselves with business terms like that. But John and his team and the Riches Group and others have really helped the Salvation Army leverage the way that God has raised us up so that we can present the gospel and fulfill our mission better. John, what 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 is branding in general? Like why should we even why should a Savage Army officer or a Savage Army board member or somebody who's engaged our mission even care about the word brand? I mean like it seems almost antithetical sometimes to the, our Christian mission. Yeah, I, I think that uh a lot of times when people start talking about branding it gets a collective eye roll from folks in the room <laughs> um that do missional work and it's because the word brand is often thrown around by people that have jobs like mine, and it means a lot of different things, and it usually has a convenient definition depending on the conversation that you're in. Uh, but in our uh, line of work, in our business at the Richards Group, we have a very consistent, very specific definition for what a brand is. Okay. Um, and what we talk about, we talk about branding. We 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 first talk about what a brand isn't. Okay. Um, a brand is not a logo. Right. A brand is not a tagline. Uh, it's not a campaign or a theme, or anything that can change over time. Hmm. Uh, When we talk about brands, uh, it's really simple. A brand is a promise. Okay. And organizations that make and communicate and keep their promises consistently have strong brands, and organizations that don't have weak brands. Hmm. And that's true of of every brand you've ever loved, Captain. And it's also true of every brand you've ever loved you've ever hated. Um, I love, you love know, when you step the, in here and tell me about myself, but it's really true, isn't it? I mean, you just, this is just yeah. a fact. Yeah, it's just, it, you know, I, uh, the hallmark of a strong brand is that people have, are compelled by the promise that it makes. Hmm. And, uh, you know, when I, whenever I, uh, I teach this at, at conferences and things, I always try to come up with a, with a great example of a brand that that delivers on its promise extremely consistently, whether you love it or hate it. I usually mm. start with with Starbucks. Okay. And I'll say, have you ever, ever been to a Starbucks anywhere in the world, whether it's you know Abilene or Azerbaijan, where the music didn't quite sound right or didn't quite smell right or the or the or the furniture wasn't quite right? Me neither. <laughs> I've never had that experience <laughs> because Starbucks is so good at making sure that they deliver on the promise, whether you like that promise or not, they deliver on that promise consistently at every single touch point. Hmm. And that's what branding is. The ability to deliver on your promise every single time someone interacts with your brand, whether that's advertising, whether that's an interaction uh, with the core officer on the street corner, 
uh, or uh, or whether that's uh, a piece of direct mail that comes into your home. It's interesting. Like I have had a couple of bad Starbucks experience just to just to throw that out there. But very rare, <laughs> very rare. I just want to like be, be credible here, like and, and honest. But I mean, I get what you're saying, and certainly like there is a sense, no matter where you are, that hey, there there is this definite experience and perspective and approach that comes uh, when you enter into one or you go through a drive-through. Um, go back to like what it's not like it's not a logo i think that's probably been the biggest thing that i like i have a salvation army shield on my shirt i'm sorry john it doesn't say doing the most good on it i do have some shirts that say doing the most good though too that's okay um but um actually i won't go into the detail they messed it up for me i do like to have doing the most good on there um one of the challenges is though like you think this shield represents so much and i think i've generally thought of that as my brand but what you're saying a brand is is more closely connected to just the way that we promise we're going to do something like that and that we want people to understand what we're promising is that sound like i'm in line with what you're saying like what we want to do for donors and people we yeah. serve? I, I would say this simply. Branding is the strategy of promises. Okay, interesting. The strategy and, of promises. And, uh, and the logo represents the promise that you're making, but it isn't the promise. Gotcha. Uh, I, I would say that the officer is a far more impactful brand touch point than the logo. Okay, interesting. Oh man! Because the officer, the officer has the uh, capacity and responsibility to not just make and communicate the promise, but to keep it. Awesome! I love this, and 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 this is this is why I love talking to you is because it gets to these deeper level issues of like. Of, of how we operate, what we do, who we are. I mean, this, these are critical questions. And of course, we want to connect all of that to the gospel. And one thing I love too about working with you, John, is that like you're a Christian and that's very clear and you're, you're very active in your own church. And so I think you get that about us as the Salvation Army. But with this, it's interesting. Like the, the fundamentals of what makes the Salvation Army up, I, I like to think of it in terms of form and function or um, mission and method, those kind of ideas help me think about like what the essence of what we are is and then how that is formed or the methods we use to communicate that. So here, let, let me just push you. Now, I don't know if quite will push you, but it pushes me. So could the Salvation Army then, if you think the officer is the, the touch point or the person representing the Salvation Army, but mainly that's an officer in a community. Uh, you, you know what I mean by that? Mainly that's the most public person. Um, sure. That... Th- that can happen without the shield and maybe even without a uniform, uh, maybe without a form um, that accompanies it. It's, it's what we're doing. It, it, help me if I'm wrong here. No, it's, uh, it's exactly right. The, the action is the, of, of the individual people are the most valuable and most powerful touch point. And it doesn't mean it's the only touch point. It doesn't mean that all the other touch points don't have to be consistent with that promise too, because it does. Uh, but I will say that, you know, we, we help uh, manage in place um, fairly significant um, uh, advertising campaigns on behalf of the Salvation Army nationally. We're placing, um, you know, uh, earned media news reports in uh, high-profile national media uh, during Christmas time, and all of that combined uh, pales in comparison to the power of an individual interaction with another human being. Wow! Um, that, n- no, there's not an ad campaign on the planet that can um, supersede or solve 
a, uh, an interaction with a person that goes very well or very poorly um, in, in delivering on a promise or being inconsistent with it. Like the, 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 the thing that makes the Salvation Army brand strong is the fact that you guys so consistently deliver on the promise. You, uh, the, the, uh, the promise is true. Mm. And you guys consistently deliver on it. That's what makes it strong. It makes our job easier hmm. because we're telling us we're not, we're not, um, uh, we don't have to develop a an aspirational image of who the Salvation Army is. We can just point a camera at the reality hmm. and tell the story. Hmm. I know that can get tough too. I mean, I've I've had that like uh, challenge. Um, whenever I interact with the media, or even just making a simple Facebook post, like um, making making sure like what is communicated is real every now and then it can, I can struggle like this to feel like is, is this authentic? Like, are we authentically presenting our mission? And I think everybody in my seat, like Salvation Army officers and, and people who help manage our public relations probably struggles with that. And, but I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I, you've been on the ground quite a bit to know, the, like you have some confidence in saying that's true. I, when I, I just admit, when I hear you say that, I'm like, Oh, I hope it is true. Like I hope I, I want to, I want to have that. Truth. <laughs> um, now I, it, I will tell ahead. you, it, it's not just, and it's not just anecdotal, uh, captain. I, we've, we've been uh, fielding a national, a very robust national tracking study. Uh, the Salvation Army's brand um, uh, against uh, a very large sample size so that we can look at it by territory. We can look at it by demographic. We can look at it down to 13 year olds all the way up to 65 plus. And I can tell you that um, the uh, awareness and favorability and understanding of, of the, the value that the Salvation Army brings to society, the, the impact that you're making uh, and the things that you stand for um, are as strong as they've ever been. Uh, and, um, and, and I, w- while there, there are always uh, a, a group of detractors uh, that seem to be the loudest voices in the room, um, there is a significant amount of goodwill that the Salvation Army uh, has because you have so consistently delivered on the promise of the organization uh, for, for, for so many generations. You say tracking studies. So this is like something that you go in and you just like are trying to get people's perceptions of what we're doing. I and mean, yeah. that's a technical word. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's a uh, tracking brand tracking study is basically a big survey okay. uh, where we, where we measure things like awareness and favorability and, and momentum and all, all of these kind of brand measures uh, that uh, uh, there are about um, uh, 1,700 respondents. Um, it's a national service, so we can break it down by territory. We can look at it and, and slice it and dice it and look at different uh, areas and issues. Um, and, uh, and we've been doing that for, I think, 12 or 13 years now. Uh, and it's, it's, in, it's remarkably consistent. Um, there are, you, you can see the rise and fall of other nonprofits throughout that time period. Interesting. Uh, but the Salvation Army has been, has consistently delivered, um, uh, for almost the entire, that entire, uh, tracking study timeframe. Well, I appreciate hearing you say that. I still struggle like in my mind, like I don't, I, I almost just want to resist thinking, and this is why you work with us. <laughs> uh, I don't want to think yeah. about these things to a certain extent. Like I need, we need professionals who who care about this, who understand these type of studies. But I just want to like make sure that what 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 I'm doing and what 
officers and soldiers and advisory board members and staff all across the country is like, we just have to just keep focus on that actual work and not like branding as yeah. its own, as its own reality. The branding only accompanies the promise. I'm just using your language here. The promise that we make in serving people and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. I have the great privilege of spending, I would say 95% of my time uh, in my portfolio of clients working on or either faith-based organizations or organizations that are funding faith-based organizations. Okay. Uh, my, my client roster, uh, in addition to the Salvation Army, uh, over the years has included groups like uh, uh, the American Bible Society, sure. uh, Hobby Lobby, uh, Lifeway Christian Resources is a client of mine, oh, Okay. Um, the uh, the College of Biblical Studies, uh, the uh, the group called One Hope that's down there in, in your neck of the woods, okay. um, uh, the uh, um, and uh, and uh, several others that are either they're either for pro- about about fifty percent of my time is maybe sixty percent of my time these days. Uh, Interstate Batteries is is for profit companies like that, um, and that that are that spend an enormous amount of their of their income funding ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, or they are ministry, like the Salvation Army and American Bible Society groups like sure. that. Uh, and and what I can tell you from that experience, Captain, is that um, the uh, there's a I think the faith based organizations that are best at branding um, are the ones that um, consistently behave on behalf of the mission that they serve, mm. and they trust. Um, uh, their communicators to consistently write and speak on behalf of that mission consistently hmm. and develop strategy accordingly. Hmm. I always say about my, my faith-based clients, I, I always, I say, you know, why is, why is Starbucks my example? <laughs> you know, why, why isn't the church my example? Huh. And the reason is, you know, is, um, because we haven't earnestly pursued this wealth of branding. Huh. You know, we, we represent the greatest promises ever made to mankind. Yes. By the creator of a notion of the notion of a promise whose entire language is promise. Wow. Why aren't we the best at this? Huh. And the reason we're not the best at this is because we haven't earnestly pursued it. I don't um, believe in, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm not a guy who really uh, subscribes to the idea of like a, a life verse out of the Bible sure. for myself or for a person, but I have one anyway. Um, and uh, it's in Proverbs um, chapter 13 um, in, uh, in 22, the, the uh, good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Um, I don't know about you, Captain, but when I when I'm praying, a lot of times when I'm meditating on the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit likes to trap me in little logic traps and watch me work my way out of them. Hmm. Um, and uh, the uh, the I don't know if that ever happens to you, but it happens uh, to yeah. Me. And, <laughs> and uh, this is, this is the question that what popped into my brain when I when I was um, thinking about that scripture. Um, what is the wealth of the wicked? Hmm. Is it money? Hmm. You know, and and you know that the idea that that I uh, immediately jumped to was the thing that I do for a living. 
um, you know, we, we, we have this strategy that can, um, you know, manipulate the souls of mankind if we want to get them to buy things. Mm. But it's really just about communicating promises in a consistent way. Mm. It's, it's not, it's, 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 it was designed to be sanctified. Hmm, amen. You know, and just like anything else. Yes. And and so when you get a chance to work with with a group like the Salvation Army, you it's the purest opportunity to take the strategy of promise and apply it to the mission of Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, we're glad to have you doing that. I mean, glad glad to have your expertise along the way. And I, I mean, I, part of like how I got connected with you was that for five years, my wife and I served in Arlington, Texas and DFW area, and that's where your headquarters is based. But then because of that, then I'm like a little bit more aware of what comes from our national headquarters. But one of the things that was impressive to me um, early on was the way that you kind of took the wealth of the wicked, uh, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know if that's if I'm, if I'm going in the same direction you are, but the way you're able to take this. Um, the observations that you learn from people who are in organizations that are, you know, out to make money, but also out to, you know, provide a service. I'm not trying to, um, we're thankful for all the, those type of things that happen in the, in the business community and the, the kind of the, the natural revelation of God revealed in good principles that end up producing wealth. Um, I'm like, I just acknowledge that, but this at the same time, like you, you uh, worked at Motel Six, and your, or at least your organization did Motel Six, Chick Fil A, these yeah. other groups. T- like, tell me how some of these principles kind of manifest themselves in these other organizations. Like, what is their promise? Like, how how can we see what they're doing and apply that to what we're doing as a Salvation Army in our branding promise? We use the same process for branding for the Salvation Army that we do for the Home Depot or for Ram Trucks or for Motel Six or for Chick Fil A. Or for any of these other companies, um, you know, for for that that we work with, uh, the and and let me put it this way, you know, we're the largest independently held advertising agency in North America. So there's a lot of of other agencies that are similar to what we do in size, but most of them are owned by big holding companies, and 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 most of these agencies are going to have some kind of a um, proprietary branding process. Okay. Um, and j- just like we do, um, we call our proprietary branding process spherical branding. Okay. And um, and generally, this is how it goes down. Generally, these guys will uh, will do a whole bunch of research and analysis of the brand and the competitive set and the audience and the internal um, um, operations, uh, and then they'll go off and uh, and do some concepting around some strategy, uh, then they'll bring it to life in a campaign and then they'll bring it back to a client and show them all the work and the client will get really excited and, you know, mm-hmm. um, change, change all their business cards and change their ad campaign and change the sign on their store maybe. Uh, but the last thing that changes in that process, generally speaking, is the, is the, uh, the way that the people who interact or who, the, the way that the people who represent the brand think about themselves and their role in the brand. Hmm. And it's because they don't have a lot of ownership in it. Okay. Uh, what we do is, is different. Um, we uh, take um, the time to do all the research like anybody else does. And, and these days that means a lot of data analysis as well. And, uh, and then we, we put together a discovery presentation that, that gives an overwhelming kind of several hour deep dive into how 
you know, um, people think about your brand, how competitors uh, are stacking up against you in the minds of, of different consumers, um, how um, people internally in your organization think about who you are and what you're there for, right. um, how, that, how that's the same and how that's different from each other and from leaders. Uh, and then we, after we go through that process, uh, we put the client to work. Um, we put together a, a you know a, a group of of leaders and stakeholders, and we we put them through a series of workshop processes uh, that will identify four uh, and define four statements that ultimately become the backbone of the of brand of their brand. Uh, it's internal strategy language. You know, a lot of times these brand processes you end up with like a book of information. Sure. And it's interesting, sure. but not actionable. Wow. Uh, ours wow. is ours is one page wow. uh, with four statements on it. And the Salvation Army has one of those as well. Hmm. You know, doing the most good is actually internal language. Um, it became a theme line for, for the organization because it was so compelling to the donors uh, when it was tested. Um, but that's very rare. Most clients brand vision is so aspirational that they can't ever actually um, um, deliver on it consistently. And what's an example but of that? Salvation- like with somebody who, who, and you probably, uh, some, somebody who doesn't work for you or you don't work for them. Um, yeah. What's one that's I'll too aspirational? A, well, I'll give you one uh, that is, um, that's, it's aspirational, but attainable. It's not what you do on every day, but it's what you do on your best day. Um, we did some some branding work for the Joe Gibbs Racing Team back okay. when they were back when Home Depot was was one of their primary competitors. Okay, and the, the brand vision for Joe Gibbs Racing Team was quite simple: um, make the car go faster. <laughs> yeah, because what a brand vision is supposed to do is it's supposed to do two things for you. It's the reason you get up and go to work in the morning. Yeah, and it's the and it's and it's also the litmus test by which decisions are made hmm. um, and how interesting. So you think about, you know, what's your job if you work for, for Joe Gibbs Racing? It doesn't matter if you're working the pit crew or if you're the, if you're the, the, the guy choosing whether or not you're going to be a Toyota car or a Chevy car, Yeah. right? The, the point isn't about money. It's about what's going to make the car go faster. Yeah. yeah. That's the reason you go to work. That's the litmus test by which you make decisions. Another one that we didn't work with is uh, Walt Disney Corporation. Hmm. Um, theirs is keeping alive the magic of childhood. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the the president of Disney or the guy that picks up trash at Epcot. You know what your job is? Yeah. Keep alive the magic of childhood. Interesting. And and uh, and it's also the litmus test by which they make decisions. You know, Touchstone Pictures is a company that exists because Disney wanted to make money from R-rated movies, but they knew that it couldn't carry the Disney brand name huh. because it didn't do the vision. Interesting. Yeah. And so they had to, they had to come up with. And so you never see. Disney connected to Touchstone because it's the, that's the whole point. The only but they are. I didn't know that. The Touchstone yeah. is a part of this. Interesting. This episode of Captain's Corner is sponsored by Arthur Alley Associated, your partner for fundraising and mission development. Led by longtime Salvation Army fundraisers Derek Alley and Steve Wakes Norris, Arthur Alley can help your nonprofit organization or church with services like mission planning, annual and capital campaign fundraising, and coaching. Arthur Alley has the experience and insight to help your organization thrive. They've worked with organizations across the country and specialize in serving the Salvation Army. And today, for Captain's Corner listeners, Arthur Alley is offering a free 20-minute consultation call. Brainstorm strategy, 
script an upcoming donor visit, talk through an advisory board issue, or ask questions you've been afraid to ask in public. It's entirely up to you. Visit ArthurAlley.com slash captain. That's Alley with two L's, ArthurAlley.com slash captain to set up your complimentary consultation call today. Now, some people, when they listen to this, uh, already are like, hopefully they haven't turned us off, but some people still, 15 years later, don't like doing the most good as a branding promise. I think that the, and I, and I certainly was one at the outset that wasn't thrilled. And I know you weren't with uh, working on our account at that time when it came out. Um, and I'll give you my little doing the most good journey. I mean, I still, I still struggle with, like, if I'm going to have my identity wrapped up in something, my promise wrapped up in something, like, it's all connected. I want the the name of Jesus to be a part of that. Like, I want the Christian message to be in that. And so that's probably where I struggle. But thankfully, we still have the same international mission statement, which is, I think, one of the best things that we have. I mean, I'm sure it could be tightened up a little differently, maybe. But the the fact that we get in there, the mission of the Salvation Army is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and meet human needs in his name without discrimination. It has a good rhythm to it, but I get the name of Jesus in there, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I can always fall back on that. But there's a sense that the internal, uh, the, the internal side of this might have felt like it was a little too business directed, a little too donor focused. Um, instead of being like a promise, I, I love the multifaceted nature of it. So then as I became a Salvation Army officer and started serving, I, I saw that those words as a, have a great potential to connect donors, staff, soldiers, to a certain extent, probably the less, uh, the least extent, the soldiers, but, um, and the people we serve, like it's a, pr- it's a promise to them. It's a promise to use the money that people give us, the resources people give us in general, like even connected to ARC with how we work with them. Um, so I've, I've come around, I've come around to it and I've found other people, other churches and other nonprofits um, come to me like in little moments when we get together in a community meeting or I get together with other pastors and they kind of like say, man, that's a, that's a great statement. And so <laughs> uh, it's a great promise. So I've had to kind of like let myself uh, get more used to s- saying it. And I already tipped my cards early in a conversation because generally yeah. I like to have it with me. But what, what's your response to that? If there still are some folks who are um, not quite sold on doing the most good. Uh, that's I, I, what I, my, my uh, response to them is that's completely and totally fine. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's be really clear. Um, I work for your national branding and advertising agency. Right. My role is to help communicate the promise of the organization to a very complex and diverse group of stakeholders. Uh, my role is not to define your church, right. your mission, your beliefs, your theology, your, you know, any of that. Sure. sure. Uh, and, sure. and it would be uh, highly inappropriate uh, uh, for, uh, for someone to, uh, to, uh, to come into, a, you know, a, 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 you know, more than a century old um, Christian movement and try to redefine it from that perspective. Mm. Um, I would, I would, I would, uh, offer this though, um, to, to folks who, who represent the army outside of the church. Um, the, um, the brand vision is a theme line doing the most good. 
is an incredibly nimble evangelical tool hmm. because it has this power to draw people's curiosity into a <clears throat> remarkable claim and test it. Hmm. And when they find that it's true, it, it only drives more curiosity to what, you know, what would compel these people to give up their, um, their lives to their careers, to give their, uh, their families, um, destinies, uh, you know, and, and up their children's upbringings, what would compel them to do these things, um, in order to serve suffering humanity in communities that they most times didn't even grow up in. Right. Like what would compel them to do this? Yeah. Uh, And, and, and I think that, I think that when people are drawn, drawn into the organization to explore the, the motivations and the grace that people in the Salvation Army walk in. Yeah. I think that it's, that it's a powerful testimony for Christianity. Uh, and I think that when you lead with your mission statement, you lose that because uh, you you quash the the curiosity. Oh, interesting! Um, good challenge to me, and, John. Here we go. This is good uh, because because I, I you know the, I think the the um, the mission statement is a very uh, well written, carefully curated description of what you do every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but it it's what what I. Uh, as a donor, or maybe as someone who's not a believer, right, right, who is interested in doing good, um, I, ha- I have, I have this, uh, this desire to learn more. When I hear such as you know four words that um, that that make a, a remarkable claim, hmm. I want to know more about that, and I want to test it, and then I want to understand the people behind it uh, at a deeper level. So you're saying it's it, it evangelistically more advantageous to lead with doing the most good as opposed to a mission statement. I I'm saying depending on your audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hear you. But, but, but I think as a, as a, uh, you know, as, as your general donor public, I mean, I, I do, I, I have had the great privilege of working with groups like American Bible society and Lifeway and all of these. And I've done, I've been a party to uh, an enormous amount of research on the state of the church and the state of Bible engagement and the state of, uh, of, of, you know, the, the Christian faith. Uh, and I, I will say that, um, um, people are still deeply curious about Jesus, um, and a little, uh, nervous about Jesus people. Mm, sure. Uh, and I think that, and I think that any opportunity we can get to, um, to draw them toward Jesus people um, and is is uh, is incredibly valuable and I see I see the the way that we're we communicate the army's promises as a way to do that yeah so so when I use the mission statement like I, I have an assumption that there is a high level of knowledge within general American culture that um, the Salvation Army is doing something good and somewhat selfless. Like I think I think that that's a pretty good assumption when I walk in. So they know they don't they don't know the specifics of what we do because our mission actualizes itself in communities in different ways. But 
when but but generally they know we're doing something or trying at least to do something good for the community so i i I have that kind of as a foundation whenever i enter a rotary club or a a room in my uniform even people don't know my uniform is like i i know that so for me I, i i feel like i already have that case one like i'm i'm doing something i'm doing the most good whether they use that language or not doesn't matter so then i want to be connected to the fact that people see me as a Jesus person. That's that's probably why I end up leading with um, the mission statement. Though I, I do always often talk about, regularly talk about the branding promise as well, like doing the most good. Like, I, I also want to clear it up for people. I don't want people to think that, and then I don't think anybody does, but it gives me an opportunity to say, I'm not compete. I'm not saying we're doing better than X organization in town or something like that. This is this is our promise to you and to the people we serve. But back to this idea of like uh, with connecting the mission statement, I I want people maybe some point later in life maybe they don't accept it, but they'll say, yeah, you know that that guy who came and talked to us in a uniform. Yeah, I see. I know that they're doing. I know they do stuff in disaster. I know they're helping the homeless here in Tampa. Um, but he kept kept. He said the name of Jesus there, and so I think that that's part of who, what they are. So that I, I I fit in a little bit with what you're saying. Um, that I I just I I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm willing to take the heat too um, when I can. Sure. Uh, every time I'm, I'm interviewed, they always say, "Is there anything else you want to say?" Uh, just to get it. Mm-hmm. And so I always say just the salvationary's mission is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and meet human needs in his name without discrimination. At least it got on tape somewhere there that that's why we do what we do. So, but I, I, I hear what you're saying with recognizing the, the ability to connect with where people are with this commitment to doing good. And, and I would say like the, the most good, the ultimate good is that God, the triune God is revealing his plan to save the world. And he's, he's done that throughout history. And so I want what we're doing in the Salvation Army to be connected to that. I I think that too, um, there's a difference between an, uh, the way that the brand is expressed in, in an ad or in a, uh, um, in, in signage or in in a piece of fundraising material and in an interaction with an officer. Okay. Um, I think I think the 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 the, um, the women and men who represent the church, um, you know, I, I think that from a branding standpoint, their license and responsibility is to is to be a witness um, in in whatever way um, is uh, is going to have the, the the most meaningful impact on the mission of the organization. And I think that that uh, uh, that that doesn't mean you know when your your shirt doesn't have to say doing the most good in fact um i think that a lot of people feel like they're they they can't have the shield without the the the, the theme line next to it anymore and, and that's just that's not true um even our you know we don't even do that uh and if, if we do it where it where it makes sense graphically you know sure. and the, the the idea is um you know um is is that we don't come up with five other theme lines right 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 that if we're going to say uh whatever we say we say it together and we we, we uh we try to say it as in as consistent a voice as possible you know the the great uh, um double-edged sword of the salvation army is is the autonomy at the grassroots level um it's right, the right. thing that makes you most powerful right uh in in delivering need delivering service to people in need but it also you know, it, it makes it really challenging to speak in one voice to to uh, to the public, and and so 
Um, I always tell the Salvation, uh, my, my team, when it comes to the Salvation Army, our, our job isn't to, um, you know, isn't to dictate the terms. Our job is to, you know, um, is to win their, their, their uh, opinions. You know, I, I always say, uh, when somebody locally wants to do something different or, or if they, or if something is, is not working in an area, I always say, guys, um, don't call their baby ugly. We, we got to show them a prettier baby. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that, that's our role. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so well, and that us. happens. I mean, it's very, I mean, every community, every, um, you know, command that I've been a part of, it's very natural for an advisory board to say, let's develop our vision right? Like let's develop like what, what it is that we do. And often it's this thing. And I, I always do try to point back to the fact that, well, what we are is not just here. We're a part of this larger movement. And, and, and one of the interesting things too, I, I think it's interesting for you to think about that, or I've heard you talk about occasionally is um, the fact that in the United States, like you work for the Salvation Army National Headquarters. So for the four territories in the United States, um, and maybe there's more that I don't know, but yet there it is this global movement in 131 countries. I, from a technical standpoint of just brand managers in general, I imagine that the American market is a has um, waves that spill over or into other countries as well. Talk to me about how you manage that, like how you think because you're working for one entity of the Salvation Army. Um, yeah, I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. We don't. Okay. You don't <laughs> we, think about it. We just, no, we, we think about it, but we don't manage it. Uh, we, right, uh, right. We, we, uh, we, we're very aware of it. And, and especially in, in public relations, like it's, it's, uh, if the things that keep me up at night, um, are the, uh, uh, cri- the, the PR crises that happen in other countries that spill into American, uh, news cycles, uh, in November. Wow, <laughs> Those are the things yes. that, you know, because that that has the uh, the the ability in, in the the way that media works and the way that um, that you know the 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 American uh, information consumer has been trained, um, it, it could be uh, the, the the most insignificant of stories can turn into um, absolute crises um, without like a like a wildfire and. And so we're constantly um, aware of of that, and we're constantly um, trying to monitor and carefully um, um, manage the, um, the the stories that are being uh, developed about the Salvation Army. You know, one of the problems with being the biggest is that you've got a big target on your back. Sure. Um, sure. And there's a lot of people who. Um, are actively pursuing opportunities to, um, you know, to use the Salvation Army's brand to get clicks on their website, uh, and that's usually that's usually by developing uh, or or uh, pursuing, um, a, you know, a, a, a storyline that would um, portray the Salvation Army as in 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 some kind of scandalous way. Interesting. Um, Interesting. It's like, in, in, and this is where this is where you know, it's it's hard to to uh, to uh, to manage because every Salvation Army officer's Facebook page represents the entire global organization, mm-hmm. and I, and you 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 know there are officers that might roll their eyes at that statement, but um, I could I could point to you to very specific instances of things that have happened in the press because of random you know um, things that have been said or posted or 
uh, attributed in some times to a Salvation Army person um, that has nothing to do with the Salvation Army's mission or vision or strategy or uh, or, or anything. And, and I think that uh, it's just, it's incredibly, it's it dangerous. Uh, and, and it's a challenging time to be, you know, to, to be trying to uh, navigate uh, the the media waters with it with a message of hope and, and promise. Wow, it, it, we're in a not only is it just Salvation Army officers. I had the general on. I did had a we did a Facebook live with General um, Petal and Commissioner Rosalie Petal as well. And it was um, he he talked about the number of officers. I can't remember what it was like forty thousand. I, I want to say internationally, but but throw on top of that, you have a uh, over a million people te- on the books who uh, wear a Salvation Army uniform, and like it just calls into question, uh, and, and maybe the stewardship that people have for giving people this uniform and letting people uh, identify themselves with the mission of the army and in like really the ultimate cause, and so it's just that's a nice warning to us, just to remember like of what we do and how that those things have consequences and something amazing. So you, you're more concerned about like what happens outside the United States. Um, or you, or you have a lot of concern about that. You said it keeps going. Well, there's just a, there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of cultural nuances in, in other parts of the world that, um, you know, over here, we have the occasional uh, situation where something will be will come out that that was a local story or a local employee or a local whatever. You know, things like that happen. Right. But but internationally, um, there's no there's no opportunity to uh, to explain the nuance of cultural differences and language barrier, cha- you know, interpretations and things that happen with you know some of the uh, sticky issues that we deal with as an organization um, in, in other countries. And so we, we've seen it rear its head and have, you know, financial impact on the Salvation Army negatively. Yeah. And, you know, it's, 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 uh, I think that we're, we're also, I think that there, the, the media training and the, uh, and the awareness, uh, the self-awareness of, of officers in the United States is a lot higher. I think that people, that officers in the United States, uh, recognize the, uh, for the most part, the, the, the power that they have and that they wield in their own opinions and expressions. And they're and they're uh, wise with hmm. those, and not to say that that people in other countries aren't wise with those, but that I think that the uh, the um, the general um, sense of uh, the gravity of it is not as ever present as right. it is in, a, in the United States. Yeah, there there have to be a way to quantify some of that from a perception basis, but then also with the operational side. Like one of the critiques of the Salvation Army internationally, uh, like this is all internally. Um, is that, you know, there's other, other expressions of the Savage Army in other parts of the world that might have a better understanding of how they exist ecclesiastically. Like there's much larger expressions of the Salvation Army in Kenya or India. Um, and so that there's a way we can feel down on ourselves in the United States about that. And we need, we certainly need to do better. We need to do better about expanding and understanding ourselves and our churches growing. Um, like that's certainly something we can learn. But at the same time, there is a, a different level of community responsibility i think i think of course it's hard for me to say i haven't i don't know each of those contexts very well but the the nature of the size of oper- the operation and our role in a given community and i i think it's interesting as probably in my view related to the way american cultures developed and how the salvation army 
fits into that in our given kind, like how we've adapted our mission, like we've taken this mission and expressed it in the American culture. And, and there's something about individualism, philanthropy, service, the way that the government is set up. That means like the Salvation Army really fits in pretty well in that way. Whereas ecclesiastically, it's a little harder for us to fit in um, when they're in the American context and other places like we, be the kind of simple way of saying this is we're more of a church in this country and we're more of a social right. service agency here. And I, I think that's a little too simplistic way of describing it. You know, I, I, I've actually presented uh, this to, uh, to a few different groups of, of Salvation Army leaders, but um, I have a, about an hour long presentation about the, uh, the, the state of the church as it relates to the Salvation Army. I, I actually believe that the Salvation Army has one of the best opportunities for massive um, congregational growth hmm. of of any of any Christian group in in the United States right now. I wow. think that there are some. I think there. Are, I think there's enormous blue ocean. Wow. For for wow. the Salvation Army's um, um, you know uh, church ministry, um, I think that. Uh, there is a when you look at the 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 perceptions of of people who are um, what would I call the the dechurched? Uh, it's a Barna uh, research yeah. term. Uh, if you look at their state of the church um, reports, um, you know there are a lot of people who are feeling uh, who are um, in the in the church growth world who who are uh, who who don't want to grow through transfer growth. They don't want to grow because people are leaving other churches to go to their church. Right. And I think right. that's a mistake. Um, oh, interesting. Because oh. what you, what you find is that um, people aren't leaving a church to go to another church anymore. Interesting. Um, they're leaving church to do laundry. Wow. And soccer. And uh, they're leaving they're, the church. They're, it's, they're, they've stopped shopping. Hmm. And they're just not go and it's because you know they particularly in covid world now where it's like oh sunday well, is kind of nice yeah and and it, that's exacerbating the challenge but but even prior to covid um a lot of people were feeling like the the church has lost relevance to them because uh it's not having a meaningful impact on their relationship with god right and and the reason they it's a there's a uh, there's a group in uh, in Boulder uh, called Glue uh, that took a, a, a they have a, a spiritual vitality study mm-hmm. that churches do, um, and ultimately um, to, to boil it down to to its most simplistic terms, um, the uh, the things that will impact a person's capacity to to want to continue to be a part of a church and to to, to dig into a church is for them to feel the impact of, of Christian relationships in their life and the fulfillment of Christian duty in their life and their church. And, and, and I don't know of any church, um, you know, organization outside of my own, of course. Uh, but, uh, I don't know of any church organization that's as large as the Salvation Army that has near the opportunity to solve for those two issues. Right. I think that's been, I, I've had that thought, not as empirically driven as what you have there, you know, for a while. And, um, I've thought, wow, we should just be able to connect. But th- there's some fundamentals, I think, of of basic you know sociology of getting people into the door 
that seems to be problematic for us advancing along those lines. And here's what I mean, like when you when when it's hard to for people to know you exist as a place that is a church option for lack of a better word that's one that's one hurdle like people don't even know um so you have to kind of cross that the second um hurdle is like some of the fundamentals the um the x's and o's like my x and o's not hugs and kisses but x and o's of of um operating like uh Having yeah. childcare, um, having something that has an, an appeal to it to a certain de- certain degree, at least. I mean, not just talking about smokes and lights, but smoke and lights, but um, just like being able to warmly greet somebody and follow up with them. I mean, some of these things, um, because we're so active in other areas, it's hard to give the time to it. And I think it's interesting. Um, and I don't. And some people misunderstand what I say when I'm with what I'm about to say. So hopefully, I can people can trust that my heart's in it the right way. That there's not, but a, a half a dozen or a dozen, I would say at the most, Salvation Army congregations that have more than 200 people. And yeah. on a Sunday morning. Now, I'm not saying, oh, we need to be a megachurch. I don't, I'm not trying to be a megachurch at all. I'm just saying, like, there's some uh, basic sociological church growth principles that aren't being employed by Salvation Army churches so that you can beat what's often identified as the 200 barrier. And sure. so, like, that's that's some of my, my if, if, like, if we could get some of those fundamentals down. And so I, I talked with you. You and I had a long conversation before we moved to saying um, we just we identify ourselves ecclesially as the Tampa Salvation Army Church, and we still have a, mm-hmm. a shield, a part of our our logo. We're not, you know, trying to distance ourselves from our heritage or our identity. But um, what was amazing to me from a brand, a branding or marketing or logo perspective was, as soon as we changed our sign, we had people who had drove by our building for twenty years. All of a sudden, oh, I didn't know that I could come here. I thought this was for just people who are in your programs. So, I, yeah. yeah, you had an interesting thought with that when when I talked to you about like uh, just just kind of exploring ideas for how we could present ourselves. You said, well, it's either something like that, Tampa Salvation Army Church, or just something completely different altogether. Um, I, do you still feel that way, or what? What do you? What do you? How do you think we can position ourselves as a congregation to be able to um, reach more people? These deep church people. That, yeah, this is a uh, this is a very loaded topic, <laughs> uh, and, and I always I'm, I'm always careful in these conversations because I I want to um, I I I want to present my expertise where it exists, and right. I want to be careful to tell you that when it comes to uh, the, the church growth and the church um, um, circumstance. My expertise is based solely in research, not mm. in uh, not in the experience of being a, a church planter or being a, a church growth expert. Uh, right, right. So, so I want to be I want to be careful to uh, I, I'm I'm a real I'm really good at knowing what I know and staying away from what I don't. I'm really only good at two or three things. Yeah, uh, and I exercise I exercise those through two or three muscles regularly, and I don't do very pretty much anything else. Um, good for you. That's I'm, good. I'm good at, yeah, I'm I'm good at uh, marketing stuff. I'm good at talking, and I'm good at worrying. So I just do those three <laughs> things. <laughs> and, uh, the uh, uh, but uh, but I would say this: your your best opportunity, um, in addition to um, the 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 things that you've that you have uh, already maintained and suggested, the, the idea that there are some. Uh, basic norms and expectations of church um, that that uh, in, in our in our cultural context, 
Um, I think that's, that is right. And I think that is necessary. Uh, and I also think that the Salvation Army Church has a tendency uh, toward an insular feel because of some of the critical, um, for lack of a better word, uh, iconography of the tradition. Um, and I, so, so as a as a new person walking into a Salvation Army church service, yeah, um, which I, I've had the great uh, experience of being that guy in a, yeah, a sure. bunch of places around the country. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think about it in the, in, from this perspective: Do I know who William Booth is, or is what, what is the uh, nature of the large uh, portrait of the bearded man in the sure. back of the sanctuary, <laughs> or the bronze like, um, version of it? Yeah. Yeah, and if I'm and if I'm not a uh, a Bible, if I'm not uh, uh, very biblically literate, which is going to be most of the people walking through your door, right? Do I understand the the un, do I understand the symbolism and context of blood and fire? Right, right, sure, um, absolutely. And like there, there there's just some things that 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 probably uh, could be easily softened and 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 uh, and um, explained to a newcomer. Who who isn't steeped in the in the in the culture and the the rich tapestry of Salvation Army tradition, right, right, uh, to help to help uh, kind of uh, onboard them uh, <laughs> into yeah, into sure. that uh, in the into that 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 kind of a worship service. Um, yeah, that's it, that the, is the intense. Other- yeah, like just a brief comment. I like to get. I want to make sure to get your next point that. Uh, what John John's not advocating, friends. I just want you to know he's not advocating for like getting rid of that altogether. But and, and like even that idea, or, or even our, what the blood and fire, our motto being on our flag. But it's more or less just like what does this say to somebody who's new coming? And the truth is, we want new people, biblically Ill- illiterate people. That's what we want. We want them to come to our to our church. We want them to come in contact with people who are in the Salvation Army so that they can understand Jesus. First of all, and also maybe get, be involved in our mission. So if there's something that gets in the way of that, putting blood and fire right on the doorstop, you know, maybe that's something that we can think about. Is, 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 do I got that? Am I understanding you correctly? Yeah, like like put a put you know a placard under William Booth's uh, portrait that explains who he is and what he and, and his significance to the founding of the church. You know, um, uh, dim, you know, showing people the the passages of scripture that that uh, um, that are foundational to the ecclesiastical tradition of the Salvation Army and Blood and Fire. Like, no, don't take them away. Explain right. them. They're they're powerful. They're powerful tools, but only if they're only if they're understood. And and I think that uh, that uh, you know the the other thing I would say is, um, um, I, I will say the most the most powerful uh, church experiences I've ever had with the Salvation Army have all taken place. I mean, and I've had a lot of great experiences. I, you know, I go to Bible conference in, for, in, in June Alaska whenever I can. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, the most powerful experiences have always been in, in uh, ARC chapels. Mm. And I think that uh, when a new person hears the testimony of people whose lives have been transformed by this ministry, uh, it has an enormous, it has a very magnetic power. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, oh, this is so good. I w- I'd like to talk to you longer. I wanted to ask you one one other question about something that's just coming out, and we're recording this in September, but it will have, you know hit the streets um, by the time this podcast comes out. But we have a real challenge this year with COVID nineteen and how we approach our Christmas season. We're at this point, like today, December tenth. When I'm sorry, September tenth. When we're recording this. 
we don't know if we're going to have our kettles at Walmart or for us in Florida Publix. And um, there's a lot of question marks around Christmas. So you you all have been tasked with helping us like position ourselves. Um, so you've come up with a, uh, I, we're working with us. And I was a part of one of the test groups that was working through it with you guys. Um, I've come up with this idea um, called Rescue Christmas. So help me understand what's what's involved with that. Um, yeah, Rescue Christmas is a is is a Salvation Army call to arms for that that's um, you know um, calling Americans to make Christmas possible for the most vulnerable in our communities uh, in a year where uh, the the uh, instruments that we've used to, to do that in the past are very very vulnerable to COVID and to the impacts uh, of the economy. So. Um, when you look at um, um, kettles, for example, um, somewhere between 130 and 150 million dollars a year, uh, and, and from a core standpoint, anywhere from a you know low double digit percentage of a budget to to you know 70 80 percent of some core budgets sure, sure. come from kettles. And uh, we have a situation where um, you know we have major national partners and major regional partners, like you mentioned, Publix, uh, not everybody yeah. has Publix, but it's a big deal where you are. It's like H E B in Texas, you know, yeah, sure. yeah. everybody has their giant grocery chain. Uh, they're, they are not even sure they have significant legal, legal liabilities to consider on how to execute kettles in a COVID world. Right. Uh, on top of that, let's say that all of those big partners come back and let's talk, you know, some of those partners are, I think Walmart's probably 30% of all cattle revenue in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So that's, you know, um, there, there are, there are um, whole, whole ministry um, 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 opportunities will be m- m- uh, made or lost based on our capacity to ring bells at some of these places. Absolutely. On top of that, uh, we have fewer places because there are literally just fewer retailers that are in business right. um, that, because of all of the, the bankruptcies and, and closings that we've seen. And on top of that, um, we have significant impacts on on uh, on uh, on people carrying cash. Now we've seen that for many years, but we've seen it accelerated enormously. Um, where uh, now sixty three percent of Americans are claiming that they don't carry cash anymore. Right. Uh, there's been a triple digit. Uh, uh, um, decreases in in the uh, uh, percentage decreases in uh, things like ATM usage, and and then there's there's also um, the uh, the impact of of those places that will let us ring the bells. Um, most um, grocery retailers, which are the bed, the the uh, the bread and butter of the of the kettle program these days, are experiencing. Um, significant uh, declines in foot traffic because right. curbside pickup has become so much more popular and so much more effective. Um, mm-hmm. They've all really figured it out. So curbside and delivery of groceries is going to impact uh, retail foot traffic. So all of these things happening in a year where unemployment is going to be three times higher than it was the year prior right. uh, and the transfer right. poverty rate is probably going to reach record levels. You know, and and oh, by the way, all of that at the same time that every other nonprofit in America is going to be screaming from the rooftops in December that they're that they're uh, short of their goals. So we have to come up with a meaningful strategy that we can get out ahead of uh, of other people that have similar stories to tell, and make sure that American knows that it's up to those of us who are who who have something to be thankful for to share what we have. Mm-hmm. If we have hope, then we need to share it. And so we're we're calling on Americans to help rescue Christmas 
And the Salvation Army, as always, will be the good steward of another person's kindness to people who are in need. Amen. Um, we're we're going to launch it in in the mid mid September, uh, the week of September fourteen. We have a whole host of. Um, of uh, events that are going to be taking place throughout the season. Uh, we've, we've got three new um, uh, TV commercials, one of which is uh, a partnership with Lauren Daigle and her song Rescue, right. which had to be written about, about the Salvation Army. I know. <laughs> yeah, send out an army, <laughs> right? You can't get yeah. any better than that. It sounds like it was written by William Booth himself, you know? <laughs> It, yeah, yeah, we should we should look into that actually. Uh, and, uh, uh, but uh, but you guys reach uh, out to her uh, on our behalf, is that right? And like to get, get permission, she's letting us use her song. You know what? You know what's amazing? Uh, we actually started talking to her about using her song uh, late last year. Okay. Before COVID. Wow. Because the the song was so beautiful, uh, we didn't we didn't really have a. F- fully baked idea of how we were going to use it, mm-hmm. but we just had a general sense that it was a thing we should do. Right. Um, it's, uh, you know, in, 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 uh, in hindsight, uh, certainly a divinely orchestrated opportunity to, to leverage this incredible uh, piece of art to, um, to, to help the Salvation Army tell a story in a critical moment. Right. And, and I think some of the pieces that you'll have the, the TV spots kind of highlight people who are in need and the army coming along coming to them and serving them like and, and, and i love the imagery i mean lauren daigle being a christian artist too like that that god is the one sending out this army i mean it gets me excited just just thinking about this just trusting that the holy spirit really is at work using this marketing campaign our branding strategy but really to help us think like when we are entering into the work that god's called to do we are a part of God's redemptive plan to save the save the world. Like I'm not I'm not saying that we're saving the world. This is God's initiative of God's work, and He's the one sustaining it. But I I love it. I, and I, and maybe just because I got to hear some of it a little early, I'm really excited yeah. to see how this comes out. Um, you also have some challenges too. Um, uh, you mentioned all of these challenges, uh, but we have another challenge in the fact that whenever we try to get a message across in these next few months, September, October, early November, there's this little thing called the presidential election happening too. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, is that, go ahead. Is that, is that coming up this year? Oh, yeah, I've I heard that. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, and and so there there will be a little break in the uh, uh, in the uh, the national um, paid media coverage uh, during the uh, the height of the election cycle um, in late October, early November, and then we'll be back on uh, when when the, the dust settles a little bit, just because of, uh, for, for the sake of saving the, the expense, it's it becomes inefficient to buy national media in certain moments because it's just uh, the 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 election investments drive up the cost so significantly. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think that that. Uh, I'm I'm optimistic about the year. I'm optimistic that Americans will 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 come through. Um, that an, there's enough of us that have been blessed um, that under, recognize our responsibility to our fellow man, and uh, and the Salvation Army is is well positioned to be the the uh, the deliverer of that of that call to arms. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to finish up here. I, I've taken a lot of your time, John, but um, I appreciate the way that you help the us help me and help the ministry of the Salvation Army. As we, one of your other uh, campaigns, I'm not sure how, if it'll keep going, as we fight for good, you know, we trust that, that this is what God's called us to do. And it's ultimately connected to the great good that he is doing in the world through us and through partners like you who come alongside of us. So know of our appreciation to you and mine, my personal appreciation for all that you're doing, John.
Well, I, I will tell you that this, uh, of all of the experiences I've had in my career, the self working with the Salvation Army these past uh, 15 Christmases is the, the absolute crown jewel of, of my experiences. Um, I've had a lot of incredible opportunities in this business and in this industry, uh, but they all pale in comparison to the opportunity I've had to not just uh, serve the Army, but to, to get to know and to, 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 to be, um, to, to feel part of, of playing a small role in, in the ministry of the Army. So it's a, it's a great privilege uh, that, that our team never, ever takes for granted. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's very evident. So we appreciate it, John. God bless you. Thanks for coming to Captain's Corner. Thank you. Next week on the podcast, we have Dr. David Clark. If you'd like to learn more about the Salvation Army of Tampa, check us out at tampasa.org and give us a follow on Twitter at Sal Army Tampa. And of course, go ahead and subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.